this stole our identity you know because there there, there was a pressure to put on us to keep, to keep talking about uh, for example activism or uh, politics by art and honestly uh, my my friend once told me uh, i want to f- finish activism to go back to art i'm i'm an artist You're listening to Seeking Refuge, a podcast sharing the human stories of refugees. Today's guest is Diala Brisley, an artist who fled Syria in 2013. She sat down with our podcast to tell us about the role of art in activism, how she got to where she is today, her favorite pieces of art, and more. Your hosts for today are Anusha Ghosh and Claire Mattis. So thank you so much, Diala, for joining us. Uh, how are you today? Uh, today, uh, it was a lot of meetings, actually. <laughs> I managed to paint a little bit in between. So, yeah, it gave me some pleasure. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, I hope your meetings went well, and I'm glad that you found time to paint. So our first question for you is, what would you like to tell us about your personal life journey? Like, I believe that I went through many, many phases that changed me uh, to many, maybe I don't know, personalities, uh, uh, beliefs and all that. So, and um, I don't know, now uh, I'm in a phase, I I can doubt anything and uh, I can be open to anything because <laughs> it's like uh, you discover like uh, what one day you believed in, uh, could change and yeah a little bit about my personal journey <laughs> great no that's so cool for your professional career how did you arrive to doing that career how did you kind of decide that's what you wanted to do was there anything specifically that made you you know grow a passion for art have you always done art actually um i i of course like many, many artists they answer this like i used to draw since i was a child and all that uh, during my uh, teenage, uh, I was more isolated, like maybe a lot of uh, teenagers. Uh, so I, I was trying to steal time at three in the morning till five. So I used to wake up at this time and spend my time cooking and uh, drawing, making art. And, uh, and then I tidy everything like as if it's, it was my secret time, my secret uh, space you know so when i was in university i was uh, uh, studying arabic literature i uh, heard like uh, uh, children uh, animation channel they needed artists so i decided to uh, go there and uh, yeah uh, uh, in the beginning they rejected me uh, because they told me uh, i'm not really a cartoonist uh, it's very uh, realistic what i do which was true and then uh, I decided to to keep going there because it was open for 24 hours. So someone there promised to help me, to train me. So I kept going there till seven months. And then uh, uh, they had a shortage with the layout artists. So I thought, like, I can do it. I didn't tell them I'm going to do it, but I did it. So I stayed like two days and two nights. And I delivered the work. And according to this, uh, I got hired. 
So, uh, yeah, I stayed there for uh, five years. I learned a lot, but then I felt like I'm not learning anymore. It's like just repetitive. So I wanted to go to try to be a freelancer to see, uh, to experiment uh, different mediums like illustration and comics, not animation. Uh, so not just animation. So yeah, I, I wasn't saying no to anything. I wanted to learn about everything. And sometimes once actually I got the project that I had to do kind of graphic design and it's not like my domain to know, but I, I just wanted to do everything to learn. And, uh, yeah, they wanted to do, like, posters and all that. Um, so I, I told them, yes, I know, I do uh, Photoshop. And it was my first time I opened Photoshop. <laughs> and I learned very fast, and I managed to do the project. So sometimes, yeah, for me, uh, uh, with my career, it was always, like, throwing myself in, a, in something I don't know. And I, I try to... Uh, educate myself as much as I can and experiment. So That's really cool. I was looking at your art earlier this week and was thinking like, this is really impressive. I, I learned the style, at least on one of the websites I saw was really interesting. I guess it's not really seen often. I, I think I hadn't really seen art like that. So it's cool. I have different styles because I get bored, but uh, recognition to do uh, similar style, but uh, who puts the rules? <laughs> right. No, that's very cool. So our next question for you is, how do you use art to advocate about the issues in Syria, as well as your own personal story? Actually, uh, before 2011, I never thought of using my art to anything related to Syria, especially that uh, in our society and like uh, dictatorship, it wasn't that really open to uh, to express uh, things <laughs> like uh, related to social justice or any kind of uh, criticism. So in 2012, I started like doing uh, political art, but when I started, I, I just wanted to do it for myself because I felt pain. I wanted to express it like, uh, and it was a boy uh, carrying a red balloon uh, and the balloon is bleeding. So I saw a photo and I added to it uh, another layer. Like I, I call it emotional layer, like it's how you feel about it. You know? So like uh, a lot of uh, journalists, uh, alternative journalists and uh, activists, they start sh sharing uh, my artwork to relate it to some events happened in Syria, like some massacre, because like I was, I started drawing about like specific things happened. And that encouraged me more to uh, to illustrate because I felt like it's dragging more attention. And I uh, participated in some campaigns sometimes with my artwork. But when I uh, moved to uh, Istanbul and my relationship was cut with the Syrian revolution, like actively on the ground. So I... I I start I continued doing this because of campaigns and all that, but then uh, there was time I felt like we we are not decision makers we can't do anything and and yeah I know 
it's good for journalism to do that. But I felt like there is something else we can do. So I decided to move to Lebanon and uh, try to support uh, alternative education for refugees in the refugee camp. And uh, because like they pay the price of decision we wanted to change the country and it didn't work. So we have to be responsible for each other somehow. So I went there and I started working on uh, kind of like art therapy, but I, I, don't, I don't claim that I do art therapy because I, I didn't study it, but I had to do it and I read a lot and I did some courses on drama therapy and I was like taking consultation from my therapist friends. But uh, yeah, I learned a lot from this. Honestly, I didn't put my experience there. It was the opposite. It gave me a lot of experience and I learned from the kids a lot as well how to go back to life because uh, they are they show their presence immediately when there is something related to feel alive especially kids in the refugee camp they become adult very very soon and uh, they have to work they have to get married sometimes so yeah it's really tough so yeah this is how uh, my my work was changing and then I was doing murals also uh, on uh, in the refugee camps uh, on the tents uh, that it's they are school tents uh, to encourage kids to come to the school. And uh, when I moved to France, uh, I kept uh, doing this uh, murals on uh, big campuses and folding them, sending them, so they use them in the uh, refugee camp as well. And now I'm working more. Um, things related to psychology and this is also I learned how to mix art with psychology by working with kids and also sometimes I gave them uh, exercises to draw about themselves and I thought like if I'm asking them to do that I should experience this but there was no time for that and I didn't think about it and it should it should be like this because it's more genuine as well. so yeah, in 2018, I did uh, a collection, I call it Survival Mode. It's uh, four paintings, it's self-portrait about my personal uh, things. And also because it be it became very sexy product as a Syrian refugee artist uh, around Europe, definitely in the United States somewhere as well or some other places, but also in Europe, like creating exhibitions uh, always on the same uh, umbrella title. And this stole our identity, you know, because there, there, there was a pressure to put on us to, to keep talking about uh, for example, activism or uh, politics by art. And honestly, uh, my my friend once told me, uh, I want to finish activism to go back to art. I'm, I'm an artist. I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm not saying it's not important to uh, use art for activism, but sometimes it's a pressure and it takes the, the real identity. We also like to, to talk about other things. And Sometimes, yeah, you need a space for that. So, yeah, uh, now I'm working on uh, different topics that related to trauma and healing. That's a really great point. I hadn't, I mean, I thought of that before, but I think it's an important thing to talk about is, you know, people not having to just do activism. So that's really interesting. Thank you for talking about that. 
No, thank you for listening. <laughs> My question really, I guess this kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about your style of art, but I would love to talk about, you know, what you're doing. You said you're working on new things. What style of art do you typically use or what are you kind of using now? Either, you know, what types of lines, shapes, colors, things like that. Yeah. Now, actually, I'm in Rotterdam for an art residency by uh, Prio. It's a peace research center in Oslo and got the institute in uh, Rotterdam. So we are a collective of four people, two uh, painters. Uh, I am now here. I'm doing painting and uh, one performer and a researcher. So we are trying to build things together. Like we are spinning around each other somehow and we uh, are learning from each other's uh, experiences. So uh, each one, one of us has a different background. Like I'm Syrian and there's Sudanese, there's Ukrainian and uh, Dutch. And I found this like very richening as well. Like uh, also working with a researcher, I find it like very inspiring. Every time we have a conversation, we feel like we are melting into it. And and there is a lot of like images pop up, you know. Uh, So now I'm working on uh, a collection I just started with. The first painting, I call it Living the Moment. I can send you a photo work in progress to show you. It's about like how living the moment sometimes could be painful. Like, like you can't really always relate. Relax, live it, live the moment. It doesn't always work like this because the moment sometimes is really heavy and tough. Yeah, sometimes people they they fall into nostalgia, for example, because the moment is really hard. It doesn't replace enough, or it's really painful, whatever thing. So yeah, I mean. It's just like there is like this ready solutions. People, they talk about it, like the power of the presence and whatever. I know, I know it's really very important, but we also ha- we need to understand the whole contest as well. So, yeah, I'm doing the painting according to this. And especially that uh, refugees, they, they spend uh, the first or two years working on paperwork and uh, administration and like they don't have permission to work for example this is uh, slowing a lot like uh, progress uh, and uh, integration (laughs) yeah if we can if we call it integration yeah yeah we would definitely love to see that painting i because that concept is really interesting to me so if you do want to send that either when it's done we can always post it on our social media or if you want to show us, you know, the what you're working on before it's done, feel free because I would love to see it. So. Yeah, and that's like if you put work in progress. I think, yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah. It's not that final. So um, I have another question for you. Um, when you um, like, you know, start drawing or painting, uh, you mentioned that you've been to a number of countries. Um, you're from Syria, so you have that culture. How does culture and uh, like your experiences in other countries impact your artwork? Actually, it opened up a lot for me because like in France, you can see many styles, but sometimes it's more classical. But for example, I live in a in a city where they do animation, but they do animation out of anything. Like really, it's the most creative animation ever. I don't do animation much and it's not really affecting me in doing animation, but it makes me think like how we can use any kind of materials and we create. And this freedom, I really love it. And, Putting this freedom in animation, that means you can use it anywhere else. Because animation, also you need structures, you know. 
not like other kind of art sometimes you you can really go crazy so yeah when i travel around europe and do art residencies it's really for me a big eye opening like we are more classic in syria and there's like i mean i remember some artists they say oh you can't do it this way it's wrong oh this is right and i was like apparently there is no wrong and right and which is great it's really uh, yeah it, it impacted me in a way that it liberated me more definitely so and i feel like also as well it, it it came with a revolution as well the revolution started when i wasn't waiting for an audience i wasn't working for an audience so when i started like my work uh, during the revolution yeah it wasn't for anyone it was for myself and this really twisted a little bit my style and now coming to europe and meeting other artists uh, working together in the same space i didn't do uh, art residencies before and this is something like i do it now every year i love it That's amazing. I'm really glad that you're able to experience that kind of freedom and how you're able to expand your style as well. So my other question for you is from what or from who do you draw the most inspiration? From who there is a lot of people like really I don't know how many I can count and sometimes uh, they are of course not artists. I love Rodriguez. I really love Rodriguez. Uh, you know, searching for Sugarman. and uh, yeah because like he really enjoys what he's doing regardless and from what from everything in life like because like some sometimes people they say uh, pain is like really inspiring come on everything is inspiring even like really a good time like something you walk in the street and is you see people with very nice fashion i don't know this is inspiring for example like expressing themselves freely or like a hug or whatever everything is inspiring like pain and uh, pleasure so really sometimes when we concentrate like art is just it comes just from suffering and we we get blind to see the other things that they look um, Uh, inspiring as well i don't do uh, much uh, of this uh, to be honest uh, so I, but i i know i have plans for for this as well later in the same collection the healing collection but it it will come later because i wanted to go uh, in some kind of timeline to ex- uh, express all the experience and what are the um, treatments and all that That's really cool. You know, I was thinking when you were um when you were talking about you know drawing inspiration from things also. Um you've mentioned working with other people a little. Have do you have like a pretty large network of artists or creators? And if so, you know, how do you guys support each other? I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> Because like uh, yeah, uh because like the art scene looks very competitive which is true but, but uh, also there is always space for people to support each other 
the artists I know the most, of course, there is artists I follow and I listen to, to their, they do sessions on YouTube. Sometimes they talk about like how psychology is related to your decisions uh, you make uh, over the, the paper. Just you are working on canvas and paper and how, uh, and also this, I find it uh, inspiring, by the way, like I really follow a lot of people. But uh, also I have friends that I knew uh, back in Syria. And there is also another uh, artist I, I was following online. And we started like out of nowhere for, uh, sending each other's like uh, voice messages. And uh, then I told her, yeah, I love your art. I love your art too. Na, na, na. I told her I have my other friend. She lives uh, in Los Angeles and uh, another friend, uh, she lives in uh, France. So maybe we can make a group together. So we did uh, a group together. And now we take advice from each other all the time. Who has the time? Like we post like, what do you think about this sketch? What do you think about my contract? Should I trust these people? Like, uh, you know, we always uh, advise each other in, in terms of like legal uh, issues or uh, artistic uh, things. So sometimes we brainstorm. Uh, we always say we want to meet to have a Zoom, maybe a glass of wine or something, uh, especially like uh, not all of us we met before, uh, but it never worked. But we communicate this way. Uh, it's kind of like daily uh, newsletter. That's really cool. That's what I was imagining when you were talking about working with other artists. So that's very, very cool that you guys can do that together. Yeah, it's a very, very supportive uh, group. <laughs> so I was wondering, uh, so out of all of the artwork that you have created in your lifetime, what would be your favorite art piece that you have ever created? and why and it's okay if you don't have one and i was also wondering what is your favorite art piece that another person has created yeah i have one like i have several that they are but like there is one uh, it's very very simple and it it's uh, drawn in a childish way it's a boy who lost his uh, leg and a girl uh, who lost uh, her arm and they are standing together in a way like they are uh, dancing and I call it uh, be my leg I will be your arm I did this after a month of losing my brother and I felt like we understand each other's pain so we can be each other's support in, in this society like uh, that has PTSD and experiencing war and all that so the, the favorite piece of art uh, my uh, for me, maybe it's cliche, but I really love it. <laughs> it's uh, the, the kiss from Gustav Klimt. And I don't, my favorite part of it is not the kiss. My favorite part of it is the hands. The hands, they tell a lot way more than the kiss in, in this painting. And yeah, I feel like he's, he's very delicate how in general, like he, uh, paint uh, hands and fingers. I love it. It's another language. I like that you describe it as another language. I've never thought of it that way, but I think that's a great, <laughs> a great description. There's just something I wanted to mention that I really liked. Um, I saw on, I was on the Inspire Gallery website and there was a quote that stood out to me that you had said, or that they were talking about you saying, where you said, you, um, she reminds us that we don't need to be dangerously tossed in the middle of the sea to need attention when talking about the like life jackets you had on different pieces of art. And I just yeah. thought that was such a 
beautiful way of putting that statement. Um, so if you want to talk more about that, I don't know if you have more to expand on that, but I really think that would be an interesting topic. It's really, I found, I found it very ironic, like in 2015, they call it the refugee crisis. And what about before? <laughs> it was like, this would be like in the middle of the sea. So what I did, what I did, I started with a boat in the middle of the sea. Everyone is wearing <clears throat> life jacket and uh, with a baby. And I call it, it's a baby girl. So it's because it might be a new start, it might be the end or whatever. After that, like uh, I did different uh, uh, illustrations for the same uh, collection, but I went back to why, what it brought people like to this in the middle of the sea. So I uh, uh, illustrated uh, a mom with her uh, boy uh, walking uh, in the middle of the rebels in Syria, wearing life jacket. There is no sea. And a girl who is like selling uh, chewing gum or chocolate uh, uh, in Beirut and she needs a life jacket as education. And uh, a girl who's wearing a life jacket and kind of lingerie because she was assaulted for asking uh, for residency and paperwork uh, in Lebanon. It was based on a story that was covered by UNHCR and uh, one of the, the girls, they managed to, um, they were locked in a, in a building and one of the girls, after a year, she managed to run away. It's like in the movies, really. And uh, she saved the others and they, they took them all outside to uh, have a therapy, outside of Lebanon, I mean, to have a therapy. So I wanted to talk about this also, harassment and violence that comes to refugee women sometimes. Uh, yeah. So all these things, they push people to go to the sea. <laughs> no, that's, a, I think, a very important topic. People tend to skip over when they're talking about refugee, um, like the refugee crisis. You know, that's, it was definitely not talked about what got them there. So I really like that you included that. Um, is there anything else you want to use this platform to talk about? Anything we should know or want us to share? Well, I, I think, uh, yeah, just like I always say, it's just like, I know there is this uh, slogan to dream big, but also breaking uh, things for us is really very important because like having uh, big dreams with big hopes, sometimes it breaks us more than going slowly with our life. Uh, at least this is what I think, but uh, uh, yeah, from my experience, that's all. And our last question for you is, um, what can we do to support you as an artist? Like, can we share any links or any, like, you know, of your profiles with you? I have an idea. I will tell you what you do. But it's okay. actually, maybe it won't work well as well, but uh, I recently published a book. Unfortunately, it's in German, but... <laughs> I'm trying to convince people there is Google Translate scan, but I know it's not really comfortable. But uh, maybe you can talk about this book. And also, I'm looking for a publisher in, in English. Maybe some people, they get interested in this. I don't know. Because it's about education in Syria uh, during my time and uh, ISIS uh, curriculum and comparing with them, between them. And I was working on this since 2017, and finally it's published and... Yeah, it's a graphic novel. Oh, wow, I would definitely love to check that out. That's something we'll we'll definitely share with others. Great, thank you so much. Your answers were incredible, and 
um, I am really grateful for the opportunity to have interviewed you alongside Claire uh, because mm-hmm. your answers were incredibly thoughtful, insightful, and they were artistic in itself. So, yeah. Thank yes. you. Thank you. It was a great, really amazing interview. I enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. That was Diala, a Syrian refugee, speaking about her career as an artist, advocate, and trailblazer for refugee women in art. If you liked this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review us in the comments below. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email us at seekingrefugepodcast at gmail.com or our University of South Carolina email address, sosrpa at mailbox.sc.edu. You can find us on social media at Refuge Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This show is produced by undergraduate students at the University of South Carolina. Your hosts for this week were Claire Mattis and Anusha Ghosh. This episode was edited by Diana Clark and produced by Claire Mattis. Our executive producers are Claire Mattis and Victoria Halsey.